Broadcasting live from the orbiting underground moon base, it's the Lurcast. It's so quiet without Kathleen. Yeah. Yay. There's no weird song. Loop, loop, doop, no, doop, doop. don't. No. No. Okay. Not even going to work. Uh, <laughs> the Mario theme is better, but we could get sued, so... Let's yeah. just let's just go Nintendo right into is very not, litigious about that. Yeah, kind of stuff. let's just steer clear and you know answer your questions. It is a Lurcast, guys. Um, we literally not three seconds ago discussed a fun idea for the next Lurcast, so look forward to that. Uh, but for this week, we're just going to answer your questions, which I've asked for on Twitter. Um, next week, we'll do a uh, we'll do a big topic um, about basically discussing sort of how the first six months of the year have gone, the the year of Lur, uh, and what sort of uh, plans we have for the rest of the the time left in the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll do a big, uh, f- I'll do a forum post for all of you forum goers to ask questions. But for this week, Twitter. And, uh, oh, and for those of you listening at home, uh, it, this is uh, myself, Paul. James. And Cameron. Yeah, and uh, Graham and Kathleen are not with us today. No, nope. they are they're butts. busy doing other stuff. They're butts. Also, they're butts. All right, let's let, let's get this going. I have a fantastic first question for us. What is your perfect sandwich? Mm. Uh, anyone that is in front of me. Anyone that really? Yeah, if they're not, not super picky about sandwiches. No, I mean, uh, my perfect sandwich would probably be um, like a really good. Oh God, I don't even know. Like. The the BLT over at uh, the Parsonage is very very mm. good. Um, I just had that for lunch. It was yeah, excellent. it's it's a very good sandwich. Um, I also like uh, like just just uh, regular um, uh, like just lettuce tomato um, like actually like a veggie sandwich. They're actually quite tasty. Sprouts and stuff like that. A little bit of mayo, some fancy mustard. It's mm. super good. Um, but it has to be toasted. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I like it's weird if I'm eating like a pure I don't know if this is because Cam's actually a vegetarian uh, when it comes to myself eating a vegetarian sandwich the sandwich it has to be toasted there's something weird about eating all of that vegetable with just some pieces of soft bread I don't know yeah I don't know why that is but no, like I for on toasting too. Yeah, yeah like but for like if I'm making like a ham sandwich at home or like a roast beef I'm fine with that for some oh. reason, I, you know, I had a sandwich basically every day of my life when I was at school, right? Right. Mm-hmm. When I went to school. And because of that, I think I'm still, uh, like, I still have sort of a uh, moral uh, objection to paying for a regular sandwich at, like, a restaurant or something. That's fair. And so if I buy a sandwich at a restaurant and stuff, I it always want it, like, fancy. toasted or... Or at least a hot sandwich. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know, I I I I'm a big fan of toasted sandwiches in yeah. various. Forms. I mean, like uh, grilled cheese sandwich to this day is still phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I love making grilled cheese sandwiches, and even though I can't remember the last time I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, I know that if I made one right now, I would enjoy it, <laughs> and it would be very good. <laughs> uh, like. I really enjoy at Friends of Bears downtown in Victoria. They make an excellent uh, veggie Reuben, which I really like because... What's the... What do they use for their... I don't know. 
Yeah, some sort of uh, meat substitute stuff. No, no, no. It's 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 no mock meat, but it's like an odd combination of flavors that simulates the corned beef. I guess weird. And I really like that. Uh, and the one I make for myself at home has just like sourdough bread and then like a thick layer of hummus and kale, red onion, uh, tomato, really old cheddar cheese, aged cheddar cheese, and then like grainy mustard. That and all sounds actually, good except like, for kale. It with the hummus and red onion. It works. It tastes like really good, like a BLT. All right, all right. That's fair. Yeah, it has like this odd smoky flavor to it. That That's cool. Works really well. That's cool. That's cool. Um I need some new books to read. Recommend something obscure. Ooh. I'm I'm not the person to ask for a book recommendation. Uh if you're looking for obscure, I will not be able to use anything. Cam, you seem like the most uh-huh. knowledgeable here for an obscure book. Maybe even Paul. It's definitely not me is what I'm saying. Um well, I've read a couple of like uh, the book that I've read most recently is actually a play, which is Michael Frayn's Copenhagen. And it is about uh, a meeting that took place in 1942 between uh, Werner Heisenberg and um, Niels Bohr uh, in Copenhagen, where they discussed the Nazi nuclear weapon program, or are purported to have discussed it, but nobody really knows and nobody wants to talk about it. And it plays on basically the uncertainty, pro- or the, co- the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics and its uncertainty principle quite a mm. bit about what actually happened and what what it means for that discussion to have mm. taken place and not taken place and it's like i i find it really enjoyable cool. um so this idea that that it's this discussion that took place mm-hmm. and we know some of the implications of it but we don't know actually what was said yeah like, and so it's sort of trying to infer mm-hmm. what was said based on what happened later yeah there's a wonderful part near the beginning where heisenberg is talking about like how he has explained this conversation over and over and over again to journalists and intelligence officials and um uh army interrogators and so he's going to do it one more time and there's only two things everyone knows about him and one is the uncertainty principle and everyone everyone knows the uncertainty principle or at least thinks they do mm. and the other is the subject of his famous trip to Copenhagen in 1942 and he says so I'll try to explain it one more time now that everyone is dead and gone and <laughs> nobody can be hurt anymore by it and All it's right. actually That's cool. supposed to be like a con- the play is supposed to take place in the afterlife and has all these different interpretations of what may have happened That's super cool cool um, Another book that I've read recently that I really enjoyed was um, The Information, which is a book about information as a concept and where it comes from and what some of the implications are. And it delves heavily into computer science and uh, Claude Shannon's uh, paper on, on, on basically like statistical, sti- statistical mechanics and bandwidth and what a byte is or what hmm. a bit is. That's cool. Um, and entropy, because in a lot of interpretations of StatsMech, you have entropy and information being analogous concepts. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel bad because f- I've sort of fallen out of the habit of reading books. Yeah, like, I, I, I spend a lot of time, like, I, I don't read any less than I did before, but I just read, you know, articles and... Yeah, uh, kind of where I'm at. And, you know, news stuff and things. And, uh, and so I haven't, like... I really sat down and read a book in quite a long time. But uh, 
I don't know. I used to love uh, all the in, the uh, you know Werner Vinge sci-fi and stuff, which I think I mentioned on podcasts before. But I don't know if that's technically obscure, but it's great stuff. He wrote Hydrogen Steel, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh no, he wrote Rainbow's End, something like that. Possibly. No, I'm thinking of someone else, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. All right, next up. Look at the person to your left, leftmost person, look to the far right. What is something about that person we don't know? I don't even know. You guys know way more. <laughs> like I would wa- I would be willing to wager that they these people know more about you than I know about you. <laughs> Well, um, if you had actually paid attention to stuff, and like I suppose there's, uh, there's not even, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you know about James. Yeah, it's this tricky, is a right? It's metaphysical question. It's hard because I'm sure that if I thought long and hard enough, there would be something. But there's also things that I don't want to say. Hmm. Like a lot of the things that you don't know about us are kind of private. And for a reason, yeah. yeah. Like at this point, if you don't know something about us, it's because we don't want you to know. <laughs> you got anything for Cam? Uh, I mean, we all know that uh, Cam is a extremely well-dressed dude. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What you don't know is all of his uh, extremely well-dressed clothes are actually uh, have Velcro down the sides of them so he can pull them <laughs> off. Pull them off at any time. Yeah, like a, you know, like a stripper or whatever. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoosh-ah! I mean, that's true for ever, all of us, though. I think we all just like being able to get our clothes off very quickly. Yeah. Well, I, I can't really share something specific about James, but I can, I think, divulge at this point that Jade is actually a collective of tiny dogs. True story. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely actually, true. I think, 70 or yeah. I think it's closer to 80. 80 yeah, it's it's getting up there. Yeah. They just keep multiplying. Yeah, they're kaleidoscopic. It's, it's very <laughs> odd. It's actually an entity from another dimension. God, that'd be cool. Still cute. Still, it's still, cute. It's still adorable. But, still adorable. But, dear God. The whispering is really what gets you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to move on now. Will the missing uh, episodes of Fail House ever return, or are they lost to Rever forever? No, I mean, they're not lost to Rever forever. We have them, I think. It's just a matter of finding them, putting them somewhere so you can watch them. They're lost forever to our laziness. Yeah, that's a lot more. Um, yeah, that's actually true. Uh, will things on my stream ever get a solid time slot? Mm, possibly. I don't know. Uh, this will probably go up afterwards, but I am going to be streaming on Monday. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll have to see, it's something that I've thought about that, uh, actually doing, I mean, frankly, there aren't that many time slots left. <laughs> uh, well, not like, I, I mean, do, I'll, maybe I'd do like an early morning. You'd morning. have to do sort of, yeah, early morning or, or uh, like mid afternoon, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'd like to do a stream. I have to figure out, um, you know, when I have time to do it and stuff. Um, at the moment, usually when I have spare time, I am working on something else for the site so yeah i mean i don't want to if i i would i mean frankly i would rather be like writing a script than streaming streaming that's right um just in terms of overall uh being productive 
you know, and producing things for the site. It's probably a better use of my time, but uh, streaming is fun. So yeah. who knows? We'll figure out something. All right. Um, this may be way too early, but any plans on if slash how Desert Bus will interrupt the weekly streaming? It will. It will. Um, totally. And, we will, and how it will is that it will completely It will completely the stop streaming probably. I would wager that at least especially for the week of Desert Bus, there will clearly not be any other streams going on. Um, also probably assume that even the week leading up to Desert Bus streams could be interrupted and quite possibly the week after Desert Bus streams could still be interrupted. I would mm-hmm. say expe- expect interruptions the week before and the week after and a complete cancellation of the streaming schedule during the actual run. Yeah. That's yeah. just we the will... way it's going to be. There's no way for us to to do... I mean, A, just the bandwidth alone to be able to... Yeah, no, it's stupid. There's no way. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um... Hamish, actually, this is funny. I didn't actually see this question. This uh, this is funny, though. It says, at just over the halfway mark, how do you feel the year of Lure is going? And we just said that that's something that we're going to do next week or yeah. in two weeks. So, so we will uh, get back to you on that. Sit tight. Uh, if you were all on a deserted island, who do you think would be eaten first? Me. As in, like, cannibalized? Or I, I guess so. deserted. Wouldn't be really deserted if there were, like, six of us there. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like we would probably work pretty hard so we didn't have to eat somebody. Uh, I don't actually, I mean, I'm just going to go I with mean, Cam because he's offered himself up here. But uh, Yeah, it's yeah. like, I mean, best case scenario, we're not eating anybody. Yeah, like if we are in on a desert island, stranded, and we are eat, in the eating people phase, um, that's not something I have a lot of skills to contribute to. Mm. Uh, yeah, the vegetarians don't do too well in the eating people phase <laughs> of the stuff yeah. when it does, stuck in a desert island. Yeah, uh, I probably don't have a whole lot to give back to the world at that point, <laughs> other than my literal body, and I'm gonna opt out. All right. Yeah, I know. I gotta say, the loading ready run crew, probably not the best in terms of uh, being stuck on a desert island with, in terms of uh, you know, uh, calories. I guess. Yeah. Um, we need to bring along a big fat guy. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> He's like, uh, what, what, <laughs> why, why did you invite me on this trip? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, no reason. Here, don't, don't, here, have another turkey leg. Don't even worry about it, fatty. <laughs> have you ever come across a video game cutscene that was too good for unskippable? Well, I mean, we've come across like there are video games cutscenes that are themselves really funny. You know, like uh, there's some of the stuff from like you know the Stick of Truth or games that are actually like comedy games hmm. that are great cutscenes like they're they're funny but we can't do them for unskippable because you can't really make fun of a game that is already trying to be funny because it just unless it's very done very poorly uh you end up you know if, if it's like you can't make fun of a game for having a crappy looking character if that's the actual objective of the thing and yeah. they're and they're thing making fun of it themselves so that's the main reason why. I mean, we we've we've said all the time that just because a game is good and even because a cutscene is good, doesn't mean that we can't make fun of it. It just has to be sort of serious. Yeah, it has to take itself seriously, um, and then we can uh, make fun of it. But you know, it, I mean, a lot of the cutscenes we do and a lot of the games we do 
um, are great and they really like, you know, really uh, fire you up for when you're actually playing the game, but you can still, you know, take the piss out of them. Mm-hmm. Paul, really quickly, you've answered this before, I'm sure. Why are you guys called Loading Ready Run? Uh, because that was, it was an idea. I think Graham came up with it originally. Um, it, it's from the Commodore 64. It's the process you go through in order to actually run a program on a Commodore 64. Yeah. You uh, stick the thing in and you say, uh, and you say, uh, load star dot star comma eight or eight comma one which tells it to load it from the disk drive, and then it says loading dot, 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 ready, and then you type run and hit enter, and it runs. Hmm. So that, and that, and that's where we, you know, that's why the site is all blue on blue, and yeah. we use the Commodore sound effects, and all that stuff comes from the fact that loading, ready, run. Uh, and, I mean, as to why we chose that, we just thought it was a good name. We like video games, and it gave us kind of a, a starting point, I guess, for uh, in terms of visual design and stuff that we quite liked. Yeah. Any chance that season two or three or and three will come back to DVD? Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, two and three. There's no reason. It's just again making it happen. Yeah. I mean, the tr- the trick is that uh, especially with DVDs, there's a minimum uh, order amount. Yeah. Um, and DVDs, unfortunately, is larger than like a T-shirt or whatever. You have to actually in order to make it profitable worthwhile you have to print sort of a couple hundred um and so we have to get to a point where you know we might do like a pre-order or something for a season two Um, because yeah we have to get to the point where there's enough people who are you know new uh new fans who weren't around when we were originally selling them so that we can uh pre-order a bunch and not be stuck with you know 500 copies yeah if you could rid the world of one form of social media, which one would it be? Yo. I would get rid of yo. I would get rid of it really, really quickly. It would be gone. It would be not a thing. Yo. One form of social media. Hmm. I don't know. I think uh I don't know. I think Facebook's time is probably over by now. Yeah, I, I think Facebook is well into the eating its own tail phase. Yeah, I think it absolutely now. is. Yeah. I mean, it's that's sort of, it's, it's getting to the point where it's sort of causing more... Tr- like, all the stuff that Facebook is doing with, like, uh, you know, Oculus things and yeah. stuff like that is kind of interesting. Um, and I'd be fine with Facebook kind of working in that area and kind of letting the actual, like, Facebook social networking part kind of fall to the wayside. Yeah. The, only, the only thing that I use Facebook for... I mean, I'm only sort of barely on it myself, but the only reason why I visit Facebook is to look up, like, you know, restaurants that refuse to actually update their own website and just put their, like, specials on their Facebook yeah, page, yeah, yeah, yeah. which really bugs me. Um, yeah, like, the only reason I maintain Facebook is for the calendars and scheduling for yeah. events, which is convenient. Otherwise, yeah. as far as I can tell, everyone on my Facebook views it as an obligation. Yeah, it's yeah. like you have to be on Facebook because everybody else has to be on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, there's no one who is excited about Facebook anymore. No. All right, uh, chin strap or soul patch? Can I choose neither? Which is worse or which, which is better? Which one would you rather? I guess. Uh, I guess it's soul, soul patch. Soul I, patch. Yeah, I'm not a fan of chin straps. Could I just opt for like branding with a hot iron? <laughs> <laughs> At least the soul patch, you know, 
can be gotten rid of fairly quick. The the chin strap requires the like the chin strap has the double edged thing of not only looks dumb, but requires a ridiculously huge amount of maintenance to actually mm-hmm. keep going. So it like has a double a double whammy. Whereas the soul patch is, you know, pretty much pretty pretty relaxed. Yeah, okay. Uh this is a magic question, but we're going to answer it anyways. Hi, I want to build a cube to play with new players. Is uh, one or two of each corset card of M15 a good idea? Uh, no. No, because then you're just you, basically building a corset limited environment. And, you're not actually like well, developing a cube. You, well, no, no, that's fine. Like You can build uh, set-specific cubes, uh, but not with that ratio. Mm-hmm. That ratio does not work. Uh, you want... You want one of each rare and mythic. You want two to three of each co- uh, uncommon, and you want three to four of each common. Mm. Um, it would be interesting, actually, to like to play. You know, to like after you like draft M fifteen or M fourteen or whatever for a long time, do like play that like with a in a cube where just like the ratio of rares to commons is totally out of whack <laughs> it seems like it would to- it would completely yeah. mess the format up mm-hmm. and probably not in a good way all right uh best fighting game i love soul caliber 2 because you can block and have a standoff dual style it's kind of old though mm. soul caliber 2 is a great fighting game it actually could actually be my favorite as well um i also loved um oh god i, I can there's an x all i can see is an x like one of the cap, like uh, no, it, or wasn't that? Oh god, I can't SMKX remember. Capcom or something? No, crap, I can't remember. I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not really big on fighting games, um, but I have a lot of nostalgic love for the Mortal Kombat series. Just the the ridiculousness of it, hmm. uh, I appreciate. And I played the crap out of Mortal Kombat like one and two, so that's probably where I am at. Yeah, I never really developed uh, any kind of ability with fighting games. I haven't really played them. I just remember getting stomped the few times mm. I tried playing them in the arcade by like people who were clearly way better at it and called me a button masher, and I gave up. Yeah, I mean, I never said that I was actually any good at in <laughs> at Mortal Kombat, and yeah, I was pretty much a button button masher. I mean, um, uh, Super Smash Brothers is sweet. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Guilty I mean, Gear. That's what I'm thinking Guilty of. Guilty Gear X. Guilty Gear X. That is one of my all-time favorites. Mm. That's a very good game. Uh, all right. Next question. Do, 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 do. Most disappointing game of Loading Ready Live so far? Most unexpectedly in, uh, unexpectedly enjoyable? Um, I To be honest, I haven't played that uh, very r- wide range of games. Disappointed? Uh kingdoms of amalur it's kind of boring oh you actually played that for a bit yeah i played it both uh, at home and on the stream and it's i mean it's wow in a single player kind of environment and it's mm. yeah it's not that good i thought it was ammo no oh i don't think so pretty sure it was just sort of single player <laughs> single player big yeah yeah it was okay i was really disappointed with watchdogs to the extent that i didn't even play it on my stream I just did watched you, a lot of videos of it and did you play it at home at all? Or? No, no. I I just read read the reviews, watched some other people play it, and realized it was kind of like a sandbox game with an additional layer, and it didn't appeal to me. Yeah, after, it's like 
It's yeah. it, like I was super stoked about Watch Dogs, and uh, it seems like it didn't really live up to the hype. No, it did no. not, which is disappointing because yeah. it was certainly hyped. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, um, sorry, from a streaming perspective, um, you know, uh, Graham and I did uh, The Witcher 2. And it's a and it, it was sort of one of these interesting situations where it's actually a fine game, but it did not work well at all for the stream. You know, we wow. found that a you know because there's just a lot of talking in it, and there's a lot of like it's got that sort of oblivion style thing where you end up you know you you whenever you try to go anywhere you get sidetracked by like fifty different side quests. Right. And that combined with you know dealing with you know interacting with the chat and doing all the stuff is we'd be just constantly forgetting <laughs> where the heck we were supposed to be going and mm. well we and you know we'd go through we'd spend an entire like three hour uh, streaming session without actually like engaging in any combat because we're just talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this is not actually very good. No. So it's a great uh, from what I understand it's a really good game. But it, streaming wise, it was so disappointing. Streaming wise, yeah. Mm. Um, I was really impressed by how much people liked XCOM when mm. I was playing it. I thought it was actually a surprisingly good game for the stream because yeah. there was relatively little dead time in it. Um, Any time mm. where you just like go, like when you go to the geoscape and advance time, that's actually a very brief amount of time in which you're not doing anything. Yeah. And it also seemed to engage pre- people really well because I got to name soldiers after them, and it was really cool. Yeah. Um, Beyond Two Souls was probably the most frustrating game hmm. because it all it had that like it was m- much more more so than games that we played that are actually like flat out bad. Mm-hmm. It had this thing where it was like obviously a ton of really talented people were working on it. It looked very nice, and it had some interesting bits in it, but it it just failed in such a sort of profound way (laughs) (laughs) in the actual storytelling department, which was kind of the thing that it was supposed to be good at. And it kind of sacrificed everything else. So it could be good at the story department. And then it just crapped the bed completely on that. So that was a little disappointing, but I think it made for a good stream because it was so weird and we were angry at it, which I think people enjoy watching. (laughs) All right. Two more questions. And I don't, I don't really have an answer for this, but I hope you guys do because it's a good question. What was the first video game cartoon movie death that affected you? I'm like, I'm, I'm that, like, there's commas in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's slashes, but yeah, slashes. Video game, I, basically media. Yeah. Like hmm. the first fictional character that died that affected you, and I'm like, I'm not saying it. It certainly has happened, but I can't put a finger on the first. Really? Hmm. Yeah. The the only one that really springs to mind is... Uh, huh, this is super recent, so it couldn't have been the first, but it was actually Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Ooh, yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that was a bit of a uh, shock. Yeah, just because it wasn't what I was expecting from your, like high fantasy well it's not even high fantasy and now people are going to be annoyed with me but like fantasy book series mm-hmm. right like i had become used to like dragonlance.ebook yeah um, yeah and when i read game of thrones i you know it sets it up and you expect the main character to get out scot free and then he doesn't and then you realize oh wait of course he doesn't he's the father figure 
in a book, but we've just never ever really had one of those books from the father figure's perspective yeah. before. It's like if Star Wars had been told from the perspective of Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> right? Yeah, I like that. I, I like that example. It's good. Um, I mean, there's you know, there's the like you know, Eris in Final Fantasy Seven. I I was uh, quite surprised at, mm-hmm. <laughs> I should say. Um, there's been a few ones where I've been like, oh man, like, especially games where, I mean, and it, it, it makes me more angry than, than sad, but games where like something, you know, something bad or someone is about, you have to like kill somebody who you don't want to kill or something bad's about to happen. And then it, it, like, and you're going through like a cutscene and bad stuff is happening. And then the cutscene ends and they force you to actually yeah, do the bad the, thing. Yeah. And you're like, God damn you, video game. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're doing, but it still is... It, it doesn't hard, actually yeah. redu- make it less effective. Yeah. Uh, so there's... Uh, I think like like there's one of the splinter cells where you have to do that. And like it's especially in that one, you have to like kill your buddy who turns out to be like a bad guy. And it was your buddy. And it brings you... So you, he's like, ah, you know, you have to kill me. And it brings you out... And you have your gun pointed at him with the laser sight, pointed at his face, and uses this is on the PC, so it's mouse control, and you can move your mouse in a little teeny weeny square, so you can choose what part of his face you want to shoot, shoot. <laughs> but oh. you can't turn away. <laughs> wow! It's just like, why did you let me move it at that's all? Im- that is <laughs> that's that is, cold. That is cruel. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. All right, last question, then we're gonna wrap it up, and I like this one. Would you rather fight one gram-sized Paul or a hundred Paul-sized grams? Uh, in this case, I'll take the gram-sized Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Actually, Graham is like taller than me, yep. but so the that, difference is not as big as between a duck and a horse. No, absolutely yeah, no, not. No, no, no. If I could get like one quarter scale Paul-sized grams, I think I would totally fight a hundred of those. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. No, absolutely. One gram size Paul. Yeah. Yeah, one gram size Paul. One gram size Paul. Mm. Now, I'm, now I'm just imagining no, me, no being, I me being really big. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I think it may be on. I, I just want to get I'm just imagining like get I get bitten by a radioactive gram. Okay. So I have the proportional strength. Of gram? <laughs> of a gram. Wait, no, that means I would be less strong because he's bigger than me. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. You don't want that I did at it all. the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham needs to have the proportional strength of Paul so that he's like, whatever, a 5% stronger. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not that much stronger version of Graham. Really, this is just like pick your flavor of ass beating. <laughs> Uh yeah, and with that, we're gonna call it a day. Uh, but we will be back in two weeks' time with the uh, the state of Lur, as I am now calling it, because I think it sounds badass. Mm. And uh, thanks for watching, guys. 